Hey guys, welcome back to the Miss Independent Podcast. It's Nika Farb and I'm here with Katie. Hey guys, and Happy New Year. I'm not sure if it's still acceptable to say Happy New Year, but Happy New Year, everyone. We're week two into the new year already. So much has happened. So much has gone down in 2021. And it's a great time for a fresh start. I, you know, I've always, I've been saying this from uh, from January 1st, that there's nowhere to go but up. No, for sure. And with that being said, we are going to be basing this episode on our New Year's resolutions or just goals in general for the new year for 2021. Awesome. So Katie, why don't we start off and let me ask you, what are some of the financial goals that you've set out for yourself this year? Uh, good question. So I was actually thinking about this the other day and my main financial goal would probably be to save more of my um, employee income somewhere between, I would say, 60 to 70, 75%. I know that's a lot, but given that I work from home, um, I live at home with my parents still and I don't have a lot of expenses. I think that's something I can not easily, but it is achievable. So that's something that I am striving towards and cutting down on. I know we talk about budgeting and I'm pretty good with my budgets, but just cutting down on things that I don't really need or don't add that much value or bring that much value to my life. No, I was just going to say, Katie, that's awesome. Like when we did our episode on budgeting and the 50-30-20 rule, we were talking about, you know, 50% of your income going towards your needs, 30% going towards your wants, and 20% going towards savings. So the fact that you're basically cutting out that 50% needs category and just allocating 30% to your wants is awesome. And I guess that's something that you can do if you're somebody like Katie, who right now is one, working from home, and two, maybe you live at home right now with your parents or um, you're not paying for rental income, or sorry, you're not paying for rent or your mortgage. Or groceries, stuff like that. Like I am very fortunate where I don't pay for groceries. So that's again, a huge expense that I can just bypass and put that money that I would have spent towards groceries. And Katie, let me ask you, what are you gonna do with that money when it's in your savings though? Is that an actual question? I'm going to put my money to work for me. I'm going to invest it. And whether that's going to be in the stock market, I'm now looking into Bitcoin and um, having my money create some more passive income or capital appreciation. Right before Katie and I started recording, actually, we were just talking about what's going on in the markets. And it's just craziness right now. We were talking about how everything's kind of at an all-time high, but it's still an awesome time to get in and do your research and start investing. Now is as good a time as any. And I'll let Katie speak to this, but there is going to be some funding that's coming in from the government to help support the economy. And even though stocks are at an all-time high, our prediction for 2021 is that they're going to go up. Now, we don't have a golden uh, or a glass ball to kind of predict what's going on and we're just making assumptions based off of all the resources that we see and reading between the lines but what um what we're hoping for is a really strong q1 we're definitely bullish on 2021 bullish for sure yeah if you guys haven't checked out our latest instagram post i'll kind of sum it up for you right now Um, It's really crazy because people are continuing to lose their jobs during this pandemic. Companies of all sizes are shutting down. 
yet the stock market keeps going up, which is crazy. And that kind of shows us that there's no real correlation between the economy right now and the stock market. So in addition to that, the U.S. Federal Reserve promised to inject around $4.6 trillion into the U.S. economy. So this money will be making its way into the stock market because the U.S. government will be buying the debt of all these corporations that are going under. So with that being said, the stock market is just going to continue to go up and up. And I highly encourage all the investors now or people who are just starting to invest to buy on any pullbacks. And what that means is whenever there's a price decrease in a stock that you're looking at that you want to invest, buy, 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 because these stocks are just going to keep going up. So anytime you see a slight pullback or a little bit of a deal on a um, stock, now's the perfect time to go in there and buy kind of on the lower side and then hopefully make a greater return in the future. I think it's important to consider what kind of investor you want to be and what kind of risk tolerance you have. So we put up an Instagram post the other day about how much risk you're willing to take and how hands-on you want to be with your investments. So if you want to be a little bit more hands-off, then you want to invest into index funds or exchange-traded funds like um, or ETFs, which are basically packages of multiple stocks. So you know how some people say, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket? An ETF for an index fund is literally that. So you're taking a basket of stocks um, or with an index fund. It's, you know, S&P 500, for example, is something that we've talked about before. It's a basket of 500 top performing U.S. publicly traded companies. And your risk decreases because now you're investing a piece into each of these companies. Exactly. So the basket is huge. So you will still be diversifying and minimizing risk with ETFs. That Yeah, that's a great point. And what I hope a lot of your goals are for most of you is to start investing if you haven't already. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I think where we should start off today is why people don't follow through with their New Year's resolutions or their goal for the year. And Nika was actually talking about this a little bit earlier, so I'll let you start and um, give your thoughts on this. Yeah, so I was doing some research about why people fail at their New Year's resolutions. And I think there's the reason is threefold. So firstly, I think people don't have a strong enough why that keeps them going. And we've talked about this on previous episodes. We've talked about goal setting and things like that. But unless you have a really strong why, you don't actually know what you're working towards or why you're putting in all the effort. And motivation is fleeting. The only thing that keeps you going is discipline. The way that you build that discipline is by setting out a why. Now, Katie and I were looking at some some data and the University of Scranton Scranton, yeah, the electric city. An office pun for those of you who don't know. I, I didn't, so. <laughs> Sorry, ahead. guys, I'm not Michael Scott. But um, the University of Scranton is an actual university. And in 2014, they did a big poll. And they realized that 8% of people who set out to achieve their New Year's goals actually achieve them. 64% stick it out past maybe one month. 46% stick it out past six months. And 8% go through to the very end. So a lot of people fail. And 
why is this the case? Well, the first thing that we talked about is people don't have a why that's strong enough. The second reason, people fail because their goals are not specific enough. When you say something like, I want to be financially free or I'm, I'm working towards financial freedom, what does that actually mean? Like, have you quantified, have you sat down and said, okay, this is what financial freedom means to me? And if you haven't, that's probably the reason why you're setting vague goals and you're not giving yourself a benchmark to measure how well you're doing. Yeah. So for example, if we just go back to my financial goal for the year, I said I want to save somewhere between 50, I think I said to 75% of my employment income. It's not enough to say I want to save as much as my employment income as possible. That's a little too vague. You kind of want to get more specific with it. Um, and then work from there. And I think when Nika talked about, and this is really important, how people lack a why, it's great to know your why, but reminding yourself your why every day is what's really going to give you that motivation and keep you going. So for example, if you want to lose weight or get fit, there's so many reasons why this might be the case for you, right? Like maybe you have a vacation coming up. Maybe it has to do with your energy, you're feeling sluggish. Maybe it has to do with some health reasons or concerns. So reminding yourself that every day, like for example, I want to feel better. I want to have more energy or I have a vacation planned in 20 days. I need to get like in certain shape by then. Like keep on reminding yourself that. And I think that's what's really going to push you towards striving and achieving your goals. With that being said, Nika, what are your goals or financial goals for this new year? So one of my goals that I'm working towards long term and I'm breaking it down and thinking about how much I need to chip away at year over year to actually get there is to achieve FIRE or F-I-R-E, the F-I-R-E movement. Um, For you guys that don't know, what FIRE stands for is financial independence, retire early. And the goal is to save and invest very aggressively early on, somewhere between 50 to 75% of your income, so that you can retire at some point in your 30s or 40s. Jeez. Yeah. But what that means is that you need to save at least half of your income. And I don't necessarily want to cut my expenses in half. I realize that my route to fire is to increase my income. I like my lifestyle. I like traveling. I like living in Costa Rica for a month. I like buying myself my Fendi ski suit because, you know what, I deserve it. And you know what, (laughs) I don't don't support designer purchases. Um, Always, guys, I was eyeing the ski suit for probably three years. Um, And I know Katie and I talked about don't go broke trying to look rich, but... Anyways, I was eyeing the ski suit for three years. It went on a big Black Friday sale. I bought it. I had one of the best years monetarily that I've ever had. I worked fucking hard on building not one but two businesses. And I don't buy clothes and like random stuff that often. Um, Everything I buy mostly comes from thrift thrift stores in general. But anyways, that that spills over. Um, I realized I don't want to limit myself. And I I don't want to save more than I do right now because that's going to squeeze me a little bit. It's going to, you know, tighten my lifestyle. And I like like living the way that I do. So what I realized is I need to earn more and keep my existing expenses the same. So I need to live below my means. Or or at your means. You, you don't necessarily, in my opinion, need to live below your means, but li- live within them. Don't, don't splurge and live some lavish lifestyle that you can't afford. 
for sure. That That's kind of what I was saying, Katie, when I said, like, live below your means. Um, not necessarily buying designer things mm-hmm. constantly because you can afford it. You'd rather put that money into the stock market or into real estate. And that's kind of how I'm breaking down how to achieve fire this year. Something that I'm actively working towards is, like I said, earning more. I have a specific number in mind that I don't necessarily want to share with all you guys because that number is valid for Personal. me. It's, yeah, it's not going to mean anything to you guys, but I have a specific number in mind. It's it's very concrete. I know what I'm working towards. I know how I'm going to get there, how me and my partner are going to get there because we have joint goals for, for us as a couple. And what I ultimately want to do is build an aggressive stock portfolio um, that might include a little bit of crypto in it at some point. That's something that, you know, crypto is all the rage right now, but there is a lot of value in it. And Katie and I are going to do a whole episode on crypto investing just to break it down for you guys because we've been getting a ton of questions um, just through our DMs like, should I invest in Bitcoin? What are What's cryptocurrency as a whole? Like a lot of questions. So don't worry, we'll address it. But outside of stock market investing, one thing that I'm really striving for is to acquire more real estate. And I think now is a great time just because interest rates are so low. The market is booming right now. And there is a lot of opportunity. It, it depends on who you talk to. So when you talk about Toronto real estate, it is very expensive. There's a big bubble right now. There's still money to be made. There's always opportunity. There's always money to be made. It just depends on how you're looking at the situation. So Katie, long story short. You have a lot of goals. That's what I got from that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that fire concept is uh, is really something. Um, I think that's what everything everyone should try to uh, strive for, retiring early and putting as much money away as possible um, in your earlier years. Something that you mentioned is earning more. And I think we've talked about this in a previous episode, but in order to achieve financial wealth, you either need to save or earn more. But if you can do both, then you're golden. Exactly. You guys can't see me right now, but I am nodding to everything that Katie is saying. Yeah. So if you save as much as you can now and take advantage of this pandemic and the fact that a lot of us aren't going out, um, going into the offices, are saving on transportation costs, are saving on, you know, lunches out, stuff like that. If you can take advantage of these really weird, uncertain times and circumstances and save as much money now, and then on top of that, find new and creative ways to earn more money, whether that's through side hustling, starting to invest in the stock market, building more passive income. If you can do both at the same time, guys, you're golden. You are going to achieve your financial goals so much quicker than you thought you would have. 100%. So let's break down how to set New Year's goals or just goals in general that you're actually going to keep first thing that we talked about and the reason why people fail is because they don't have a strong why so if we talk about the goal that i have to fire what that's driven by is to achieve financial freedom to be in a place where i can wake up every day do whatever i want whether that's you know meditate for an hour instead of 30 minutes do a yoga class and then go for a hike pick up my kids from school at 2 p.m because i want to and i can that's what financial freedom means to me and that's what fire means to me so that's why i want to achieve it 
Now, I understand that I'm not going to have that tomorrow and it's something that I need to work for year over year in order to get there. So now that I've got that really strong why, I broke it down into specific steps or things that I do on a daily basis to get there. So the first thing that I do is I set smarter goals. So I don't know if you guys have heard the term smart goals, setting specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-sensitive goals. But the latter piece, the ER. Yeah, I think the biggest piece of that is being realistic with your goals. And that's what the ER stands for. So the E is evaluate and the R is readjust. Talking about realistic goals, let's use a financial goal to go through this exercise. So let's talk about my goal as an example of saving 50 to 75% of your income or employment income in my case. 50 to 75% may not be realistic for you if you don't live at home. If you're on your own, if you're renting, if you have a mortgage, if you have to pay car insurance, if you have children, if you have are supporting your family or other family members, that's not a realistic goal for you. So it's really thinking about your financial situation right now and really diving deep into your expenses. Maybe look at your budget. Maybe go look at your uh, bank accounts, look at how much you're bringing in each month and then kind of assess that way. Maybe be a more, more strict with your budgets. One thing that Katie said there that's really key is she wants to save 50 to 70% of her income. So where she would start is she would see how much her income is, you know, bi-weekly and look at it from a monthly perspective. And at that point, have a specific number in mind that she works with. So her goal would be written this way. My goal is to save, let's say, let's say, let's say two grand a month. Let's say $24,000 by the end of the year. That, that would be the overarching goal. And then your goal would subsequently would be to save two grand a month. Now, the, the second piece to it, the meaningful piece, is the why, which we talked about. So the reason why Katie wants to save this amount, Katie, why do you want to save 50 to 70% of your income? I have a specific goal in mind where I want to take my uh, stock portfolio by the end of the year. So in order to do that, I need to be investing more money into the stock market. So that's just a huge goal of mine. And the why behind that is because I also want to buy real estate. One thing that Katie shared with me that she's really big on is dividend investing. So she invests into stocks that are on the companies that are on the more mature side. So like Enbridge, for example, and they pay dividends. I I think Enbridge was an 8% dividend yield, which is is on the higher end. BCE, Bell, um, company that I used to work with or work for rather, their dividend yield is about 5%. Now, Enbridge, do they pay their dividends um, quarterly? Okay. So one thing that Katie is working towards that she didn't necessarily share, but I know this because we're really good friends, is she wants to be able to take her her stock portfolio and have that be a source of passive income so that you've invested a certain part into your portfolio constantly. And at, at one point, it just gives back. And you don't need to have a steady nine to five job when your investments are working for you. Guys, there's no better feeling than just going to sleep at night, knowing while you sleep, you're still making money. I also wanted to point out with Nika's goal of fire, retiring in your 40s is possible. A lot more possible than people think it is. Definitely. And we'll we'll do a separate episode on 
how to actually fire, how, how to break down the steps and how to work towards it. If that's something that you're curious about, Katie and I are also going to be putting out a ton of resources on our website about how to track and create different dashboards to see what your net worth is. And if you are interested or curious about what stocks we like to invest in, especially long-term plays, then check out our Instagram every Tuesday. We're going to come up with some stock picks of the week, some stocks that we're looking at that we're interested in buying, or stocks that we've already bought ourselves. Stock picks are actually, guys, on Thursdays. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting the days mixed up. Yes, on Thursday. Sorry. Guys, if we go back to smarter goals, step three is to set goals that are achievable. So we did a whole episode on this before about reflecting on your purpose, what you want out of life. Now, your overarching vision for where you want to be can be as unrealistic as you want. Like, if you want to be on Forbes 30 under 30, that is possible. If you want to be, you know, an astronaut, like, there is a path to it. But when it comes to goal setting, you need to set goals that are achievable. And what that means is, let's say with Katie, setting a goal that's to save $24,000 a year. That's achievable. It's, it's you know, a higher goal. It's a lot to save. But at the same time, it's not really that crazy. It's fully doable. I think kind of achievable and realistic go hand in hand. Yeah. If it's not realistic, then it's not, it, there's not a really high chance that you're going to achieve it. So I just actually pulled up another resource and the the, the R, the first R in SMARTER goals stands for relevant. relevant. So setting goals that are relevant to your life. If you're going to be setting a goal, it's already going to be relevant to your life because okay. otherwise you wouldn't be setting it. So I think let's use the first version of it that we went with where the R stands for realistic. And you know, what that just basically means is setting goals that you see the end in sight and you can visualize yourself completing. Because if it looks daunting and it looks like something that you can't do, you're not going to put the effort in. The most important piece out of all this is to is to set goals where you're giving yourself a time frame to achieve them because that creates kind of like a fire under your ass that forces you to go after it. So if you tell yourself, I want to save 24 grand in a year, you're you're creating this, this timeline for when you need to achieve it by. And when that year comes up, now this is the piece that's critical. It gives you a little bit of a push and a kick in the ass. Because if you see yourself not on trend or not um, saving as much as you want to save, just having that reminder that it's like, oh my God, I only have two or three more months left to save this money. It'll kind of push you more to um, try a little harder to achieve your goal. For sure. Now, the last two letters here, evaluate and readjust the smarter piece. These two go hand in hand. So what Katie just said, like, let's say you come up and you're you're six months in and you've saved 10 grand. So you're two grand behind. You're not going to hit that $24,000 threshold. What a lot of people do is they start to feel bad about not achieving that goal and they just give up. They're like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to do it. That's what you should not do. That is the worst thing you can do. So instead, create a system where every three months, I do this quarterly. So every three months, I reevaluate what my goals are. And I sit down and I say, okay, am I actually going to achieve this? And if you look at 2020 as a whole, uh, 2020 was one of the hardest years for people. Imagine being a business owner, setting projections for where you see your revenue going, and then all of a sudden, the government forces you to close. 
obviously you're not going to be able to achieve your goals. So instead of feeling bad about, you know, what's going on, readjust and set set more realistic, appropriate goals for what's going on. Yeah, because shit happens. Like you said, um, things come up that you don't foresee coming up and it can put a huge damper or pause in your goals. So I think, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, there's there's also two tips that I'm going to share with you guys that make for really, really great goal setting. And the first is get a notebook, just a plain notebook. And every day, write the date and write your goals down by hand with a pen first thing you do when you wake up. And the way that I phrase this, I do this every morning. One of my good friends shared this tip with me and his this guy is just crushing it right now. So you know what? He knows who he is if he's listening to this. Shout out to you. Uh, Appreciate you for all the motivation and for sharing this tip with me early on. And I'm going to share it now with you guys. But write your goals down every single day in a plain notebook with a pen. And you start your goal like this. I am so happy that I saved, let's use Katie's example, $24,000 by the end of 2021. I am so happy that I saved X amount by this date. It's realistic. In your mind, what you do as you're writing this out is you think about what it feels like to get there. You think about that like warm feeling you get in your belly, that, you know, kind of like prideful feeling, that that love, that self-love you feel for actually going after it and getting it. And I'm sure we've all had things that you've worked for, places that you've gone, goals that you've had in mind. And when you actually get there, it feels so damn good. I don't think there's any better feeling than achieving a goal that you create for yourself. And I think what you just said now about visualizing your goal is so important. And if it's not necessarily writing it out, then just saying it out loud and putting it out into the world. Like this month or today, I'm going to save X amount of dollars or I'm going to achieve this or I'm going to do that. Visualization is one of the most important things when creating or working towards your goals. Visualization is where you start, but... It takes you through, though, to the end. It takes you through, but the what gets you there is taking action so you start you start with this vision or this version of where you see yourself going of what you want to create and then that gives you the courage once you write it down especially now it's printed there now it becomes a reality now it's something that you know is on paper and you're you're seeing and now you owe it to yourself to go after it it's also holding yourself accountable Mm mm-hmm That's a huge, huge, huge part of it as well. Yeah. And the second tip that goes hand in hand with what Katie just said, holding yourself accountable, is getting an accountability buddy. What Katie and I just did here, me sharing my goals with her, her sharing her goals with me, now we're keeping each other accountable. Now I'm going to message Katie next month and be like, hey, how much did you say? How much did you say? I won't do it like that. But you know what? I might. I might bring it up on another episode of the podcast and be like, hey, Katie, how's that 50% of your... uh, 50 to 70 percent of your monthly uh paycheck going that's super important yeah if it's not a friend a family member a boyfriend a girlfriend a grandma whoever it is just telling it to someone else and having them check in on you once in a while just to keep you in check just to have that extra kind of reinforcement there to help you push you a little bit what i had growing up was a super um type a dance teacher that 
pushed me to achieve some of my physical goals that I had, like, you know, whether it was um, stretching and doing over splits, like somebody that was just yelling at you and constantly, you know, pushing you to, to achieve your best. So get somebody like that in your life that can do that for you. Somebody that has your best interests in mind. If it's a really big goal that you're working towards and you don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing it with certain friends, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is maybe not not to share it with that person and share it with somebody that genuinely has your best interests at heart. And everyone has one of those people, whether yeah. it's, again, family, a sibling, a mom, a dad, someone like that, someone who, and someone who's not afraid to check you too. Like if you're, say for example, your goal is to eat healthy and they see you eating chocolate, someone that'll call you out and call you out on your shit, I think is really important. Yeah, but when we're talking about financial goals as as an example, sometimes it can be scary to share your really big goals, your overarching goals with with people, especially if they're small-minded people and they don't necessarily have the same mindset that you have and they haven't woken up to some of the things that you've woken up to. Stay woke. Stay woke. <laughs> it's it's tough, you know, and and it can be discouraging like you sharing your goals. Let's say you want to quit your job eventually and be a full-time entrepreneur and you're sharing this with one of your coworkers and they might respond and say, "Wait, what?" like yeah, but I, I think you have to be more selective and smart about who you're sharing your goals with. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like, even though this coworker might be a great person, might be a great friend, when it comes to sharing your financial goals, you want to do it with people that truly have your best interests at heart. Or finances. Or finances in general. Because a lot of people can get jealous very easily. Yeah. And you just need to be smart about who you share your finances with. You want to share it with people that are like-minded, people that are working towards the same things in their own regard, but are working towards the same things that you are. One last point here. I think it's really important, no matter what happens, say, for example, if I end up saving 40% of my income instead of reaching that 50 to 75 mark, just be proud of yourself that you achieved something. It doesn't have to be exactly the specific to the dollar or to the percentage that you thought you were going to achieve. But the fact that you accomplished something in itself, especially during these times where a lot of people are just depressed and don't want to get off the couch, that's crazy. I, I definitely get what you're saying, Katie. Reevaluate and be proud. One thing that I do sometimes, and I'm going to share a little tip with you, once you get really good at goal setting and you're doing it consistently and you're reevaluating every quarter, you can start setting stretch goals. So something that I do is I'll set a goal that is still realistic, but is at just the far end of what I'm able to do, like really pushing myself. And then I have that big number to work towards and I push myself closer and closer to get there. And sometimes I know I'm not going to get to that exact point, but at least I've, ma I've made so much effort. I've covered so much ground. You're kind of in competition with yourself. You're always in competition with yourself. That's the only person that you are ever competing with. Yeah. It's you against you. Who cares what anyone else is doing? And that's that's the most fun to compete with, though. Yeah. yeah. It, it's true. Like, especially, say, for example, if I want to save, let's throw out a number, 50 grand. And I know that's kind of a little pushing it a little bit. Competing with myself and being like, okay, Katie, like, how much can you do today? Like, how strong is your willpower, self-discipline? Are you going to go and you're going to get, like, sushi later? Or are you going to... It's just, it's kind of fun, too. I don't know. Just to see how far you can push your own limits. Yeah. On the, on the concept of sushi, I saw a post the other day. <laughs> Which was um, like 10 grand wasted is $26 a day spent 
wrongly. So let me just leave you guys with that thought. 10 grand a year wasted is $26 a day that you spend wrongly. Shit. So Katie, are we going for sushi? Shit. <laughs> okay, guys, we covered a lot of stuff, but let's just reiterate everything that we talked about. Number one, start with a really, really strong why. What are you working towards? What's your purpose? What do you want out of life? Now set goals that are smarter, goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time sensitive, and then make time, make time to evaluate them and readjust. Write your goals down every damn day in a plain notebook, doesn't have to be fancy, do it every day. Start them with, I am so happy that, and then reevaluate every quarter and make sure to always hold yourself accountable and if you struggle with that find someone to hold yourself hold you accountable so i'm asking katie to hold me accountable to my financial goals she's gonna do the same with me (laughs) and we'll see how that goes but no uh, in all um seriousness it's it's really important to have someone that you trust someone who's like-minded and someone that has your best interest at heart Don't be afraid to set big goals. You're the one that's in control of your destiny. You're in control of the reality that you create. Nothing is too out there that you can't achieve. But there's a quote that says something along the lines of, a goal without a plan is nothing but a dream. Yeah, no, definitely. I have something actually written on my walls that's similar. It's um, visualize a dream. A dream with a date is a goal. A goal with a plan or a goal with steps is a plan. And a plan that you take action on becomes reality. I have this written on my wall. I look at it every day the minute that I wake up. Feel free to write it on your wall and see what it does for your life. Because it's helped me through some some great times. And it's helped get me to where I am today. Yeah, so I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We hope you learned a thing or two. And if you have any questions about this episode, please feel free to reach out to us through our Instagram channel or our email media at misspendependent.com. And let's just open up more of a conversation around these topics. And if you guys want us to keep you accountable, just shoot us a DM and share with us what your smarter goal is for this year. And we'll try to keep you accountable as well. We'll shoot you some messages back and forth just to check in, see how you're doing. Maybe at some point we'll build a community to keep each other accountable because there's know lots of misfit independents out there that want to set big goals and we want are like-minded and we want to help you achieve them so if that's something that you guys see value in let us know and and we'll put something together we appreciate all of you guys happy tuesday and as always we'll see you next tuesday (laughs) we'll see you next week have a great day guys take care